This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Happy Wednesday. Oh, we're almost halfway through the week. Buzzly off all this week. <laughs> Miko apparently throwing parties at the house. He called me yesterday. Miko did? No, Buzz. Oh, Really? Yeah, and I actually answered. How did that go down? I thought he fell maybe or something. Yeah, hey, why is he calling you? I cannot believe you decide to go to my house when I'm out of town. <laughs> After all of the times I have invited you over there, you choose when I'm out of town to use my pool? Like, yeah, because you're not yeah, there. Yeah, because you're not there, dude. That's the point. I think it's just tacking on to the whole he's upset that you moved studios as well. Yeah. He's real salty about that yesterday. Wow, he called you for that. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Got a busy show for you today. Lots of things to get to. El Paso and Vincent Marcus on America's Got Talent last night. We'll be going over that. A little bit awkward. No crowd. No... Yeah. No real uh, interactions or reactions, which can make it difficult. Yeah, they have like this live studio audience, but it's not alive in the studio at all. It's all these screens behind of families inside their homes watching. Yeah, it's pretty much what the NBA does, except it's a single seat and it's, it's you know, uh, somebody's on... Um, I think it's Microsoft Teams is what they're using, and then it it it, it puts them into a seat behind the uh, uh, the court there. So we'll get to uh, we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about the DNC. We have sports coming up. The Lakers and the Bucks both lost yesterday. The number one seeds both lost. I was pretty shocked the Blazers were able to do it. It's only one game though. I'm a Blazer fan. I still don't think that they're going to win the series, but uh, you know, props to them. Damian Lillard's Beast. We have five random facts coming up today on the show. Your coronavirus update. Ask a lawyer as well. Justin Underwood and uh, Elena Gresham are going to be coming in to answer your question. So put this in your phone. 844-305-6210. 844-305-6210. We're going to have that coming up here in about two and a half hours. So have your legal questions ready. It's not a full legal consultation. It's really just a guide, kind of points you in the right direction. We got news headlines coming up, Lisa. What do we have coming up in news? DNC, we had the second night last night, and lots of different people talking. I mean, it really does seem like they're trying to do like an Avengers Assemble because Republicans were there. It's not just the Democrats that are coming out. You saw a speech by Colin Powell. Um, who was uh, famously a Republican. Um, we also had uh, John McCain's wife, uh, the late John McCain. His wife also spoke at the DNC. Uh, Bill Clinton was taking the stage, so there's lots of news on that. Uh, he has formally now accepted the nomination. Joe Biden is officially the candidate for the Democrats uh, for president of the United States. And uh, we heard from his wife, Jill Biden, and her speech was more, I think, where the first night you heard a lot of people talking about let's unite 
against Donald Trump. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where it was like the Avengers assemble against one common enemy. Uh, last night was more of a here's why Biden should be the nominee. So you heard more people giving examples of him, like Dr. Jill Biden talking about how he was able to unite his family, um, you know, after dealing with tragic loss and um, how he's going to be able to unite the country. So it was very interesting to see that last night. So focusing more on the positive aspects of this is what he can do for the country rather than this is what the other side is doing against the country or how they're hurting yeah. the country. I like that. I mean, but Bill Clinton did go in on Trump, though. Like He really did go in on him at a couple points. Can't ago. hear the name Bill Clinton without thinking of him sliding down a uh, a railing. Good for him. Because of the hoas. Entertainment news coming up. Joanna, what do we got? It looks like another one of the beloved shows on Netflix has gotten the axe. Patriot Act with Hassan Minhash canceled. Really? After 39 episodes, uh, the last episode that we all know of now has been June of this past year. Was that one where they did a, they would do seasons or was that just sort of more progressive? It was, yeah, it was more like, hey, new episode coming this week yeah. or this month. They called it six seasons, but they would film and they would do weekly uploads and it seemed like every three mm-hmm. months. So they would take like a, like a couple months off and then they'd do three months worth take a couple months off, do three months worth. So they say it was six seasons, but it was shorter than that. But I mean, a lot of people online are really upset about this, saying it was one of their favorite shows to watch. So people are really hoping that um, Hassan will be able to get it uh, on another network. They seem to be canceling a a lot of shows. Do you think some of it has to do with COVID-19 and not having the ability to film them? And it's easier to just cancel them than to leave them in limbo? Probably, but also Netflix just likes to cancel things that people love. And not to mention also, <laughs> it's that, that two-year mark. Remember, a lot of people have those contracts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they get raises after two years. And I think... This was the two-year mark because it came out in 2018. Yeah, so this would have been his two-year mark to go ahead and get that raise. And clearly, he's not going to be getting it. Because they even canceled High Fidelity over on Hulu. Which I thought was a brilliant show. It was incredibly well done. It was well acted. It was well written. It was a really interesting take on the movie where you had Zoe Kravitz in the John Cusack role as Rob. And I thought it was great. I got hooked on that thing like really early and was able to uh, almost marathon the whole thing, which is very rare for me. But it was a few weeks ago that they came through and they, they axed the show. So... I'm wondering, I'm wondering how much, but you know, the interesting thing I, somehow I always latch on to shows that don't necessarily have high ratings. So they're in limbo. You know they're not going to make it. Um, Scrubs, news radio, community, Brooklyn Uh Nine-Nine. All four of those shows are arguably four of my favorite shows and they would either bounce around the schedule and of course you know the, the one day of the week where you do not want to be on television unless you're designed for the you know the senior citizen crowd Fridays Friday night yeah you get dumped on Friday night that was always kind of the uh, almost the final nail in the coffin there but yeah for some reason I always gravitate towards those shows that don't quite get to stick around or it's a, a big question like Scrubs was like that for years where they wouldn't put them on the fall schedule originally 
and they would always try out these new shows and, and see what was going to happen. This happened to Family Guy twice. Family Guy came out, it got pulled, and then they realized, oh, these other shows that we pulled it for, really not that good, so they gave it another chance, they pulled it again, and then they realized, oh, let's let's give it another run, and now it's been on the air for t- 20 years. Mm. I just still haven't forgiven Netflix for canceling Santa Clarita Diet. <laughs> yeah. But that did get two seasons, right? That got three. Three oh. seasons. Did it end on a cliffhanger, though? It kind of did. Oh, hey. see, that's the worst. If I can get a good three to four seasons out of something, I'm happy. Like, I'm, I mentioned this yesterday. I've gone back to watch Preacher. Right. And that had four seasons. And I'm comfortable with four seasons. Unless it's like what you're talking about, where they got to that third season, it ends on a cliffhanger, and then it was like, oh, they got the ALF treatment. Boom. The spaceship's ready to pick him up, and then the show ends, and then we don't know what's going to happen after that. Now, if it's planned, okay. If it's not planned, it's almost as if it's not planned, it stings even more when it's left on a cliffhanger like that. Like, yes. the way The Sopranos ended which is technically a cliffhanger. Right. But since it was planned... I think you can live with it a you little bit easier. Have closure. Yeah, because you're like, well, this <laughs> is what they. Gonna happen. Yeah, they didn't have another idea of, well, this is where we're going to continue the story. Where for Santa Clarita Diet, at the end of season three, the writers, they probably already had the ideas of where they were going yeah. with season four. Yeah. But instead, Joanna's just stuck being angry at uh, Netflix. Yep. <laughs> love Timothy Timothy Oliphant though. I love him in it. That dude is great. He's great in Santa Clarita Diet. Um, really quick here before we um, break and come back with today in sound clips. Uh, I saw this yesterday, and Lisa brought this up right before the show. They're doing a virtual table read of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And it's Dane Cook putting this thing together? Yes, it is Dane Cook. They're doing it for a COVID relief effort. Uh, so he kind of kind of through this together and people were really surprised to see how fast um, one people said yeah absolutely I'll do it and two there's lots of different names that are also tied to the project so you have Shia LaBeouf is also tied to it Matthew McConaughey uh, Morgan Freeman uh, there's lots of different people who have said yeah they will be participating in this so no word exactly on who those roles they will be playing uh, but there is a, a significant amount of the staff or the four, first crew and cast that are said that yeah they will be participating so this is the first time we're going to see Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston on screen together quote unquote uh, in 19 years is it since that Friends episode Yep, since the Friends episode. Hey, side note. Rachel Green and complex carbohydrates, my two worst enemies. <laughs> side note, what the hell happened to Dane Cook? I am looking at a picture of him. Yeah, right now. he's looking a little swollen, like, and not, not the good kind. Like, he's had some work done, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, especially in the eye area. My wife and I were just talking about him. A few different times over the past month. And last night, as I'm in the back room doing some work, I hear, get out here, get out here, get out here. So I go out into the living room, and this is what she's talking about. And it's Dane Cook talking about this Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm -hmm. And it also reminded me, there was a comedian that we had in. I can't remember which comedian it was, but Dane Cook's name got brought up. And the comedian talked about how he really, really blew it. I think it was the comedy store. Oh. And he threw a fit. Dane Cook did. Mm. 
because he was there and he wanted to go up on stage, but they were already booked for the night and they weren't going to let him. And he was dropping F-bombs and this place wouldn't be anything without me. And this is one of those places where the who's who of comedy has gone through there. I mean, I get that Dane Cook was huge. I mean, think about 2005. Wasn't that right oh, around his yeah. peak, 2005, 2006? Everybody yeah. could quote in my high school his act. Yep. Pickles. I still quote it from time to time. Yep. I'm still full from Bennigan's. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I still so, got that sweet and sour sauce. So that was... Uh, Something that we brought up, because my wife asked, she's like, well, whatever happened to him? And that's what I know, is that he really blew up at, I believe it was the comedy store. And he burnt a lot of bridges that night. And he just kind of, because remember, he was the thing, the movie Mm -hmm. Waiting. He was hilarious in that. I mean, he didn't have a main role. Good luck, Chuck. Good luck, Chuck, as well. The one with... Employee of the Month? There you go. I I couldn't think of it. I that movie. I was like, the one with... uh, Jessica Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to get to this a little bit more, the Fast Times at Ridgemont High table read. Um, and we're going to try to figure out who's going to play Spicoli because Sean Penn is not going to play mm-hmm. Spicoli. My original thought was Seth Green. Or I'm not Seth, uh, Seth Rogen. Although Seth Green would be good too. Um, but Matthew McConaughey is attached to this project. So I'm wondering if Matthew McConaughey will be playing Spicoli. You know who would be really great to have play Spicoli? Who? Morgan Freeman. <laughs> be great. All gnarly. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Facebook live stream is up and rolling. You can get involved in the Facebook chat. We had a listener share with us some memes that uh, he had made. bring these up for you guys here. Here's here's one that he made a while ago. When you don't spoil Star Wars for three weeks and give plenty of warning beforehand and that one guy turns on the radio. Buzz is like, bleep it, we tried. <laughs> With a picture of Bill Murray tossing his golf club. We did try, man. When it came to Star Wars, we gave fair warning. And it wor- gave, I thought yeah. it worked out pretty well, the timing of everything, because we were all going on vacation. It was going to be about two weeks until we were back, and we told everybody we are going to talk about Star Wars when we get back. Right. And then there was that one guy that happened to turn it on. Here's another one he made for Buzz. It's got the uh, the Drake meme. Uh-huh. Put up a high fence so my German Shepherd can't get out. <laughs> get a second German Shepherd so they can watch each other while they're out. <laughs> yeah. So one can do the lifting. <laughs> they don't go without each other. Uh, it's, it, they come that in pairs. Cute. They come in pairs. I know. Then Buzz goes, were my dogs good? I feel like they were jumping up and down on people. I'm like, your dogs are great. His you're dogs the are one. sweet. I'm like, you're the issue here, not the dogs. I'm like, Which makes you think, why do they constantly feel they need to get away from your house? They start show- What are you doing? Brandon like, moves down the street and the dogs are like, hey, we're back. Can we just stay? Hey, can we just hang out here? You got three other dogs. You won't even notice we're, uh, we're here. They're like, so yeah, we will. And the food's gone and the giant poops in the yard. They're so cute, though. They're so good boys. They're well, good and they're just, boys. and they want to be friendly. I mean, they're yeah. super nice. They're super sweet. They just want to be pet. That's it. I know. And then Nico goes, oh, yeah, blah, 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 my dogs. And we're like, oh, wait, they're officially yours? Is like that, that's a thing now? He's like, yeah, they're my dogs. Yeah, I remember that's what he posted on uh, social media. 
about how he leaves a TV on for them when they're in the house. I'm really, I'm shocked that they're allowed to be in the house and they don't tear things apart. Probably because they're good boys. <laughs> they yeah. just, you know, it's when Buzz is there that they kind of act up. Here's another meme this guy sent. This is from The Simpsons, where you had the old hillbilly with the old chomper here. It says, Brandon mm-hmm. Coates in 60 years when the reverse happens and he loses all of his teeth except the one. Mm. In case you don't know what we're talking about, I have been missing a tooth for about a month and a half now. <laughs> and I'm still about two weeks away, a week and a half away from getting it replaced. I mean, we found out about a week ago, so that I know. we did good. It was glorious with the masks, man. And then here's one for Joanna. Joanna on August 28th going to be like, drink all the pumpkin spice. <laughs> I like that. So thank you for sending those to us. If you ever have anything like this that you want to send to us, you can always send it over on the Buzz Adams Morning Show Facebook page. The live stream is up and rolling. If you want to get involved in the chat over there, you are more than welcome to do that. Get involved in the conversation. Make sure you have this number as well, 844-305-6210. 844-305-6210 is the phone number. As we have Ask a Lawyer coming up here in a little bit over an hour. The DNC was last night, this virtual DNC. Lisa, what kind of updates did we get from last night's uh, night number two of the Democratic National Convention? Well, we did hear from a lot of different people uh, at the DNC last night. You had um, it, it wasn't just even though it's called technically the Democratic National Convention, there were a lot of people there and a lot of different talk, uh, people talking. And that included Republicans. You did see Colin Powell uh, take the stage, which is he technically a Republican even more anymore? I mean, he might be registered a Republican mm-hmm. and he was he was George W. Bush's guy. I remember he there was a lot of talk he about got him off the stage at somewhere. I can't remember. It was a few years ago. Oh, is it at a Republican event? Yeah, at a Republican event. And he got booed. Well, I mean, if that happens, I don't blame him for leaving because there was a lot of talk uh, that he might be up for uh, running for president on the Republican ticket. Yeah, I could see that. Um, well, the but first, that was twelve years ago, I guess. When he's like, uh, W out. when W was done. Yeah, he's just like, I, I'm out. I'm not going to do this. Uh, so the first person actually who got to cast the vote in the nominating speech was the viral Biden loving security guard. Now I don't remember if you remember this, but Jacqueline Brittany was escorting Biden to a New York Times um, meeting back in December when she told him during their elevator ride, "I just love you, man." And uh, it wasn't that, Leslie. No, it wasn't. No, that was her. <laughs> she added that he was her favorite. Is this her and, right here? Yes, that is her. And uh, Joe Biden did ask her, would you like to take a selfie? And they did take a selfie together. Um, and Biden was there seeking the newspaper's endorsement at the time. Uh, but he said that he's all, I didn't get endorsed by the New York Times, but I did leave with the support of Jacqueline. And so um, she ended Worth up being. It. Yeah, she <laughs> ended up being the person that uh, got to cast that first vote for him at the Democratic uh, National Convention. So, I mean, that was pretty cool to see. Uh, We also did hear some different speeches. Now, the first night seemed like it was more of kind of an attack on President Trump. Mm -hmm. And while we did see some people doing that, this one was more of support for Joe Biden. One of those people, though, that was attacking Donald Trump, that would be former President Bill Clinton. Still can't hear his name, hear his voice without picturing him sliding down uh, a railing in Australia and throwing his back out for the hoas. The hoas. The hoas. 
Yeah, we also did hear from another person that Cindy McCain, uh, she was there. And uh, Joe Biden and John McCain, they always have said that they had a very unlikely friendship between the two of them. Now, they met when Joe Biden was a young senator and John McCain was a Senate liaison for the Navy. But their relationship progressed to the point that the families uh, would even hang out together, sharing picnics together. Like this- hair. Uh, yeah, despite their political <laughs> disagreements. Um, Cindy McCain took the stage and uh, in a video montage, included clips and pictures of the two men together. She would, she said they would just sit and joke. It was like a comedy show just to watch the two of them laughing and having fun together. And she said the willingness to reach across the aisle, it was a style of legislating and le- leadership that you just don't find anymore. And the longtime Republican stopped short of formally endorsing Joe Biden, But it is unclear, though, whether her appearance was meant to be taken as an endorsement. Now, both Cindy McCain and her daughter, Meghan McCain, they have been openly criticizing President Donald Trump, who was a major John McCain foe. And while but while Meghan McCain confirmed that she will be voting for Joe Biden in November, Cindy McCain has uh, said she will has not said whether or not she will be putting her support behind him. But. That was another big name that we did see at the DNC was seeing uh, Cindy McCain there. Other people that did speak and one of the biggest speeches of the night came from Jill Biden. She did talk, but before she took the stage or took the video, basically, uh, Joe Biden spoke on his wife. <laughs> what? Jeez. She's the strongest woman I know. She kicks my ass in arm wrestling on a nightly basis. Uh, yeah, there was other former President Bill Clinton spoke, former Secretary of State John Kerry also uh, talked. And the, the theme of the night was leadership matters. Um, former President Jimmy Carter also will be making an appearance. Um, but you did hear from Jill Biden. So Jill Biden talked a little bit more about while we did hear people that were attacking President Trump. She spoke more about why Joe Biden should be the choice for the president and how his losses that he dealt with in his own personal life are going to help him lead the country. Another person that made some big headlines was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She spoke at the DNC and nominated Bernie Sanders for the party's presidential candidacy. So a lot of people are saying this was a backhand and kind of a snub to Joe Biden, but she's saying it wasn't. So the freshman congresswoman used her 90-second speaking slot to praise the mass people's movement working to establish 21st century socioeconomic and human rights and formally nominated Joe Biden's primary rival. Um, During remarks in the speech, she said in a time when millions of Americans are looking for deep systemic uh, solutions to our crisis, Um, She said, I'm going to go ahead and I hereby second the nomination of Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont for president of the United States. Uh, There was a lot of inaccurate claims that came out that she was snubbing Biden, though. Uh, But she said she was asked by the DNC to officially nominate the Vermont senator under convention rules. It requires every primary candidate who passed a 300 delegate threshold to be backed in the roll call. So she did put out a tweet later and said, if you were confused, no worries. Convention rules require this roll call and nominations for every candidate that passes the threshold. I was asked personally to second the nomination for Bernie Sanders for roll call. I extend my deepest congratulations to Joe Biden. Let's get this and let's go win in November. So for all those people out there thinking she did it as a back. Like it's a party divided again, like it was four years ago. Right. And that's kind of the way that people were trying to paint it. And that's why she said she felt like she needed to come forward and explain 
why she decided to go ahead and say that. Uh, but she said she was asked to give that, which makes sense. I mean, she is the perfect person to be nominating Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I mean, outside of him, <laughs> yeah. she's the person that you would probably think that would do that. Yeah, I mean, it's like the memes that you see online. What I ordered, and it's Bernie and AOC, and it says what my wish.com sent me, and it's <laughs> Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but we got another big night. Tonight is going to be uh, night three of it. I'm not sure the exact theme for tonight, but we have a, another night. And then, so we still haven't heard from... Swimming pools and leg hair, I heard, is what they're going with tonight. Probably, uh, but we haven't heard from Joe Biden yet. Uh, so he has now officially taken um, the nomination, so we were going to go ahead and probably hear from him. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Coronavirus is still a thing, folks, but we got some good stories here for you. Spoke about this one a little bit earlier in the program. King's Food Markets has about 25 grocery stores in New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut. The CEO is not a fan of people yelling at her employees about masks. So she has started giving out her own phone number. That way, if they really need to yell at somebody, they can yell at her. Mm -hmm. People, please. Employees at a library in Australia. Man, really heavy on Australia this morning already. They've been keeping busy by calling all 8,000 members who are 70 or older just to check in and see if they need anything. The response has been great, and a lot of them are just happy to have somebody to talk to. I believe our libraries here in the city in which we live, they're not open, but they do have curbside. curbside. Yeah, no, they they were going to reopen, I believe, back in June. And then they pushed that back when the state decided to, I believe, reclose all the bars. But you can find the whole schedule up at uh, buzzadamshow.com, I believe, for the library on when, when to drop the books off, when you can pick up books. Basically, you're kind of ordering them is what you're doing when you go online. Another good coronavirus story. There's a 15-year-old kid in England named Joseph Beer. He is on the autism spectrum. And he's been riding his bike around and cleaning all of the street signs in his town. His mom says he really enjoys it. And it helps him stay focused. Now people in town have raised over a thousand bucks to buy him new equipment. I wonder if bikes are easy to get over in England because we learned yesterday bikes not so easy to get here in the States right now. Does that include online? Yeah, a lot of them. Because when I ordered my new helmet for my bike, I, I know that it was back ordered. It took almost like a month and a half to get here. And then with my friend Brian ordered two different bikes. He got a street bike and he got a mountain bike. Mm -hmm. And the mountain bike I know was on back order. So he barely got it a few weeks ago. Yeah, and you were saying that if you go to any of the big stores, like a Walmart or something, you go to the bike section, it's and empty. they're pretty much empty. A lot of the sporting goods section, weights, kettlebells, dumbbells, things like that, It's it, at least the last time I checked, it was maybe two weeks ago, it was pretty well gutted it, in that portion of the store. It got super gutted back in March, and then as the pandemic continued, people still don't feel that safe to go back into a gym. So I think people are still kind of working out at home. And I mean, that's what I did. I ended up getting a, like one of those, the Century Wavemasters, like the boxing things. Mm -hmm. And then I got a bunch of weights and I got a bunch of cardio stuff. So yeah, I, I did the same thing. And that's why I'm going to steal Buzz's elliptical. He's never going to notice it's gone. It's going to be great. 
If it's the elliptical bike, you will notice that thing's gone. I don't think it's a bike, though. It's like a, it's in the corner of the garage. Send a picture. I want to know, know what I you're talking about. Because pictures. I know that bike is a thing because Willie Barsena has been asking for that thing for at lo- as, lo- as long as I have known him. It looked like which a is about five stationary years. bike, like a, a stationary elliptical. Hmm. I mean, yeah, if you can wheel it out of there, get it out of there. My elliptical bike. He should be running with his dogs anyway. I think there was a lot of people who, after maybe the second month, third month of lockdown and quarantine, they're kind of like, oh, I guess I should probably go buy my own weight set. And they've since cleared it out. Another good coronavirus story here. A little girl in Canada was sad that she couldn't have a party for her sixth birthday. So her mom put out the word, and 200 total strangers from all over the world sent cards and gifts. Her birthday was last Thursday. She is still getting them in the mail. Aww. That's something we're trying to figure out. My kid's birthday is coming up, and we're trying to figure out what it is that we're going to do. And we kind of like the idea that Cappy did with his kid with the scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. That's cute. And then my wife, she's like, well, I'm like, we have to come up with locations. Where are we going to put um, the, the places for the clues? And my wife listed off a few, and I'm like, you just stole all of Kaplowitz's places. Like, you didn't come up with anything new. I told you the thing to do, we're doing it again this Friday as we're renting out a movie theater. Yeah. It's easy. It's 100 bucks. She's just like, yeah, we're going to use all of them. Okay, Melania. Call call your wife that. Do you want to ask for their scripts, too? She's going to rickroll, too. We're never going to give you up, okay? We're never going to get you down. Here's where your birthday cake is. And another final coronavirus story here. It's about a frontline worker, a doctor named Russell Lede or Ledet. It's whether or not you pronounce the T. I'm guessing Lede because he lives in Baton Rouge. Grew up poor. Has managed to get his PhD. Now he's finishing up his MD at the same hospital where he used to work as a security guard. Oh. That dude putting in the work, man. That's so great. All right. Now, unfortunately, though, we do have to move to... Slightly uh, less happy-go-lucky stories involving coronavirus. As we're going to the coronavirus insanity. Ladies, this is something that you have an advantage over us men. Cool. Flushing a urinal can spread the coronavirus. (gasps) A study found that when you flush a urinal, it can shoot particles up to two feet in the air. Oh, no. So if those particles are infected, you're putting people in the bathroom at risk. So what are you supposed to do? Not flush? Not use the urinal? I didn't, even know you fl- I didn't even know you flushed urinals. I haven't used them, so I don't know how they work. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't blame you. I've seen in movies that there's some that look just like a tub. Yeah, like a trough. Uh-huh. Yeah, so there's different kinds. You okay. have... Where there- does the water come from? <laughs> does it come from the bottom? I've never used a no, urinal. No, it comes from the top. So you have okay. you what? have a tube you have a tube that comes down <laughs> out of the wall from the top. Okay. And then you have kind of the urinal, and you have some that are about you know yay big, maybe about three feet tall. Okay. And then they have the ones that are adult height, and then they have ones for kids that are sit down a little bit more. Oh. Um, uh-huh. They have ones that are the full length where they I mean the drain is all the way on the floor, and then they have an actual trough, and those are more popular in older sporting venues 
Um, I think Fenway is one that has them. Wrigley Field has them, and it's and it's truly just a trough that you pee into. It's not the most appealing thing on the planet, but apparently it works. More coronavirus insanity. 11% of Americans say their mental health has improved during the pandemic. Oh. However, 31% say that it's gotten worse. There you go. Where would you put yourselves on on that? Would you say your mental uh, health has improved or gotten worse? Worse. It's gotten worse. Totes. Why? Because I live alone and it's just me and Tubby. Oh, that is sad. Yeah. See? That's why everyone always... Mine is just... I. Is it because you're cooped up with your family? No, it's just that, like, I don't know what to anticipate next. Yeah, know? it gives you anxiety. And it's kind of, like, made me even worry more for my family. Mm-hmm. I already had pretty bad social anxiety before the pandemic. And now when I go out places, I'm oh, just like, definitely. I like turtles. Like, I don't know what to say to people. I'm like, like sweet. yeah, I'm like, sweet. I have absolutely no social skills anymore. It's going to be great. I'm getting rusty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I've, 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 didn't, I've never noticed it. And I even told my, my, my friend uh, John about this. I was like, John, how are we supposed to go on dates now? He goes, oh, my gosh, I thought I was the only one freaking out about this. He's like, Dude, what do you talk about? Do, can you talk with them still? Do you know how to talk to them? I'm like, no, let's go on mock dates together. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's just you lose a lot of so- you don't realize how many social skills you lose sitting at home watching Netflix, talking to your dog every day. Set up a mock date like you guys set up for Nico that one time, and he just awkwardly got up and left. Oh, he called her the wrong name to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good time. Still, one of my favorite things that's happened at this station was that that <laughs> awkward date. It was great. And uh, some more coronavirus insanity. Uh, we talked about this yesterday. Six Flags locations. They're going to try to do the Halloween events this year. Mm-hmm. What was the what, what what are they calling it now? Hollow Fest. Hollow Fest. Yes. And that's where instead of coming right out to scare you, the, the people in costumes, are, it's still going to be there. They're just going to be six feet away. Brothels in Berlin, Germany are now allowed to reopen after being closed for a few months. But full sex is banned until at least next month. They can perform, quote, erotic massages, though. No. Oh. Champagne producers in France, they are going to limit their crops this year to keep the supply of champagne down. This is so they can try to keep the prices high when there is so little demand. Well, you better hope that people still want it. Seems like an odd strategy, but maybe it'll work out. Bad news for a Japanese restaurant in San Francisco that that built clear domes for people to eat in. 200 bucks per person. Mm. Well, it's not going to happen. The city has told them the domes don't allow, quote, adequate airflow, Mm. and they need to remove them. Oh. Man, could you imagine being stuck in one of those scenes with somebody who had gas? Uh. (laughs) Oh. Terrible. Terrible. And we have the new Postmaster General is going to stop cutbacks and mailbox removals. This is something that we also talked about yesterday which would have made it harder to vote by mail during the pandemic. Seems very odd that that just randomly started to happen now, right? Mm-hmm. Well, 20 states were planning to file federal lawsuits over the changes. So they have since backed off. And we have our coronavirus numbers. New daily cases in the United States, 43,353, with 1,324 new deaths. Total cases in the U.S. is up to 5.6 million. 
We're up to 175,000 deaths here in the States. More than 3 million people have now recovered from COVID-19 in the States. Worldwide, we're talking 22.3 million cases, 784,000 deaths. We're going to get that that grim milestone again coming up here Mm -hmm. when we get to the million dollar mark. And more than 15 million people have beaten the virus globally. So there is your coronavirus update. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Justin Underwood, Elena Grassheim joining us. Good morning, everybody. Justin Justin came bearing gifts. I did. I love it when you you bring gifts. You guys are always talking about my favorite place on the planet. Bucky's, Uh, or at least I am. Uh, and yeah, if you've ever been to Bucky's, you know the, the excitement there. It is a gas station, um, but it's so much more. It's like Disneyland for Well, well comedian Steve Trevino, he lives in New Braunfels. Yeah, that's the so one we went So he's right next to, I think, and I think that's the largest one of all the Bucky's. And I think it was Mother's Day this year because it was under quarantine, Um he does a podcast with his wife, and she was talking about how he got her Mother's Day gift at a gas station. Uh-huh. But as the podcast moves on, it was, well, no, it was something from Bucky's. And I even texted him. I'm like, dude, that's not a regular gift. I think they they take for granted living five minutes from a Bucky's. Ab- absolutely. Because we're eight, nine hours from our, a Bucky's. Our kids have never even been to Bucky's. They have Bucky's jammies. They have Bucky's. They, they are. Bucky's, they go Bucky's. <laughs> They've never even been. Um, so my wife had never been, and so he took uh, her for their wedding anniversary. Yeah, we we did. <laughs> yeah, classy with a K, yo. Yep. Uh, anyway, long story short is they are world famous for something called beaver nuggets, mm-hmm. and so I brought you guys a bag of beaver nuggets, Joanna. I brought you some Ooh, beaver nuggets. Some beaver I've nuggets, Joanna. If you've excited. never had them, uh, welcome to uh, welcome to your new addiction. <gasps> I'm excited. Oh, my God. They're ridiculous. <laughs> All right. So um, if you have a question for uh, Justin or Elena, a legal question, again, not complete legal advice here, just to kick off, kind of point you in the right direction. Right. Uh, 844-305-6210 is the phone number. 844-305-6210. And we already have a call. It is Jane. And she is asking if she can get her money back from a consulting company. Good morning, Jane. Hey, Jane. Good morning. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. Question. Like in November, I started, I, um, we got behind on our mortgage. Um, come January, they gave us the notice that they were going to foreclose. And you know how you get those advertisements in the mail. Um, there was one, there was one that we called and they said that they could help. And they said the trick in saving your house is you have to file for bankruptcy. So, they told me to go file. They're not from here. They're from California. So they had me go file my own my bankruptcy. Um, Which is never a good idea, by the way. Uh, well. I'm sure you know that now, right? I guess I learned. Um, so as the paperwork would come in, I would send it to them. They would take care of it. They charged me a monthly fee. Um, the initial one for them to take the case was 600 Every month after that was 500 um, apparently all they were doing, I guess, is postponing it. They, uh, the, they dropped the bankruptcy, I guess. Um, but she told me not to worry about it. They were taking care of it. They were going to, they're working with the mortgage company. Long story short, July, um, a lady came to the house, told me that, um, they were, that she was the new owner. 
So I called the consulting company, and I was like, so what happened? And they're all, I said, we lost the house. And she's all, no, no, everything's fine. I was like, uh, someone just came in. So with that being said, they didn't do anything. Is there a way that I could, like, I could, I don't want to say sue them, but at least get my money back? It was because it was close. It was over $3,000. What's going So do you guys have your house or you don't have your house? No, we have a, we have, I guess, because of the backlog, um, they sent us information yesterday and there's going to be, I guess, a Zoom meeting. Okay. For, I get through the Justice of the Peace. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to recommend to you is to consult with a foreclosure attorney. That's going to be the very, very first thing. And if you need some names, um, if you want to give them your contact information, I can probably send you some names. A couple of other things come to mind when it comes to that company. Uh, first one is the unauthorized practice of law. Um, the attorney general in Texas handles those. However, um, you know, it takes some time to prosecute. The other one is what's called deceptive trade practices. Okay. I think that what you experience would probably fall underneath one of those. Um, again, it would be about finding out if this company actually has any money uh, to get. And so if you want to give us a call at our office at 485-9100, I can point you in the right direction a little bit further. Okay. 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 Uh, does that answer your question, Jane? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and Good again, luck. if, if yeah, you want to... Don't, don't you, do stuff like that. Do not do stuff like that without... I, I know it's tempting, and there are tons of, of entities and companies that prey on people in situations like that, and you're just looking for hope, right? You're just mm-hmm. looking for anything, and so... Uh, you know, if you don't know, I mean, granted, we know what we know because we do this every day. We've been doing this for, you know, 20-plus years, mm-hmm. um, but... They're, those companies they're, they're kind of preying on the person absolutely. who doesn't know and is like you said hoping that they're going to be able to get something um, to, to help them in a difficult situation right. and any any company that says oh oh yeah you, you should go file it yourself that should be a red flag immediately <laughs> I'm going to pay you to tell me to do the work exactly. is kind of how it's going right. down exactly, exactly. alright well best- I, guess, I just want like right now with the times that everyone's going through yes ma'am I mean I don't want someone else to fall pray to what happened to us because we're honestly we're like a lost cause we have a a hearing next week and i don't want this to happen to i don't want this to happen to anyone else and then find out that they lost their home and the people that were helping you didn't even know right well i tell you what thank you for sharing i know i know that sucks to talk about and i know it's hard to talk about but thanks for sharing it with us and think about um, people you might be saving by sharing your info well, I hope so. All right. Thank you, Jane. Best of luck to Take you. Okay. Care. Good luck, thank Jane. Thank you. All right. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Uh, we got another phone call here. We'll get to one more before we have to break. Again, the phone number 844-305-6210. If you have a question for Justin and Elena, uh, any sort of a legal question, we have Cole on the line. Uh, he says, uh, you know what, Cole? I was Usually I'd like to kind of give a lead in here, but I feel that mm-hmm. I should just let Cole describe <laughs> what he's calling about. Good morning, Cole. Go for it, brother. Good morning. Um, well, actually, the case has actually been t- settled. Um, I don't want to say the names and stuff, but uh, what happened is pretty much doctor caught my head on fire. And um, Were you filming a Pepsi commercial? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, dating, and, uh, I'm dating myself with yeah. that. <laughs> a lot of your listeners aren't going to get that. That's a Michael Jackson reference. You, you guys can Google him if you don't know who he is. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it was, uh, like I said, I was just uh, getting a little uh, normal procedure taken care of. And um, 
like I said, ended up catching fire, and uh, I uh, filed a, a lawsuit against him, but sure. ended up settling out of court. And sure. I was just wondering if that would have been the right thing, or he think it would have probably been better to go to trial. Because I feel like I don't know if, uh, the way uh, as much as I got to, an- I to answer that question just based on what I have is impossible. There are right. so many variables. Um, when it comes to medical malpractice and doctors being negligent and what can you actually prove and what are your real damage. I mean, there's a consultation for that alone is not like a one-day consultation. That's a thing where we're going to meet for a couple of weeks to co- just, right. to co- just to collect information. Um, let me ask you this. Now, here's the other thing. Putting it in front of a jury, they could always zero you out. You could always come right. away with it's, absolutely nothing. You could, like, be, it's like the, the mystery box. Like, are you going right. to take what, something here that's yeah. known, or you could get the mystery box, and absolutely. you end up with like literally nothing inside there? Absolutely. And the other thing is this, is when, when you file civil cases, um, when, when you sue other people, a lot of times, well, most of the time, they'll send you, the courts will order that you go to mediation or alternative dispute resolution where they try and work it out. Uh, Chris Ancliffe, obviously, he's one of the, one of the guys who gets a lot of that. Mitch Moss, those guys are great at what they do, and they save a ton of litigation uh, money for the parties. But I, I you know, I don't know. Uh, I have yeah. one. I have one question. Okay? How? Yeah. How? How did it happen? Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, like I said, it's actually, it's, 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 I mean, it wasn't funny at the time, but I mean, it pretty much, um, was getting a little, uh, spot, uh, removed on the back of, uh, my head. Okay. And, uh, one thing led to another, and then all of a sudden I'm on the ground trying to, uh, battle off the doctor because I feel like he's trying to pretty much just, I don't know. I thought it was some sort of horror movie or something like that. But then my ear is just pretty much scorched off, or not completely scorched, but I mean it was pretty much melted. <laughs> Oof. Are you okay now? Is there, I mean, there's obviously there's probably some. Is there permanent damage. disfigurement? Uh, I mean, actually, it was uh, my ear was kind of like a snake skin. I mean, it just kind of one day it just uh, kind of uh, the skin just kind of fell off my ear, and it kind of looked like a brand new ear. Wow. Well, that's good, I guess. Well, you're one of the lizard people that controls the government, then, apparently, Cole. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I guess... It's not mean, every day you get a phone call that uh, you have a, a, someone asking for legal advice where the the first thing they say is, my head caught on fire. Yes. So, right. Cole, thank, you, thank you for that, and I'm glad you're okay. Um, the short answer is that that is impossible for us to answer just, like, on the fly like this. I, we would have to have a ton of stuff. I, you know, most civil cases do settle. Um, I will tell you, in, in all, even criminal, criminal, civil, family, only a very small percentage actually go to a jury trial. Mm-hmm. I mean, most cases gotcha. do settle. So that's, you know, if, if you, I'll tell you this, if you trusted your lawyer, you got the best deal that, that, that you could have you could have done. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't upset. I just kind of was wondering. I mean, if I would have, if it would have been better, if I would have went to trial or not. So, uh, but that's pretty much kind of what they were talking about. So, thank you very much. Yeah, no worries, man. Take care of your head, bro. Thank you. Thanks, Cole. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Let's get to uh, the phone calls first. We do have somebody in the Facebook chat asking a question, but uh, we do have Brittany on the line, and she wants to know if she can sue the vet who was seeing her dog, and then he stopped answering her phone calls. Vet wouldn't return her calls. And when she finally did, 
the dog had passed away a week later. Good morning, Brittany. Good morning. Hey, Brittany. I'm sorry for your loss. Yes, thank you. So was that was that a, kind of a synopsis of, of what went on? Could you give us a little more details, please? Yeah, sure. So um, we've had our dog for like about four years, and you know she's obviously a member of our family. Sure. And, um, she started um, getting seizures, so um, we had taken her to a couple of vets, and they had told us, you know, until they get like real worse, real bad, that we can't really treat her. Um, so they were coming like once every six months, maybe not not too bad. Um, and then I, they started getting more frequent, so I took her to another vet, and he said that, um, you know, until she started getting seizures, three of them a week, that he couldn't give her medication because it was long-term treatment. So, you know, even though I was willing to put her on that medication, you know, he said, let's just wait. So we waited uh, maybe two months, and then she started having three a week. And um, when I told him, he said, okay, we'll get her the medication, and... He just never did. Um, I was calling him. I was emailing him. And um, yeah, a couple times they were like, oh, yeah, we'll get that for you. And, you know, just kind of never heard back from them. And then, you know, one day she just had too many in a row and she passed away. How old was she? Four. What was her name? Summer. What kind of dog was she? She's a pit bull. Uh, very near and dear to my heart. I have three myself. Um, that's a hard question to answer because you're going to have right off the bat, you know, and again, this is just a useful guide. Okay, Brittany, I, I'm not the definitive answer on this, but right. issues that I'm going to see right off the top is you're going to have two, at least two different vets who are going to say that they saw her and did not give her immediate treatment. That is going to be something uh, when when outsiders look at a, a situation like this, you're going to have at least two medical caretakers, two uh, you know veterinarians who looked at that animal, uh, looked at your dog, and didn't and didn't act. Um, if this was something that um, was preventable, there might be a case because I do know uh, at least in the legal field. If we take on a client and start giving them advice and interact with them and they think that we are their lawyer for some reason, um, attorneys, we are obligated to, to represent that client because that client has an expectation that we have been um, you know, retained or, or hired as, as counsel. As far as doctors go, with ongoing course of um, care, I, you know. Treatment, yeah. It's, it's a little bit different. That's and a tough question to, to answer. Yeah. And, you know, the hardest thing with pets, you know, as much as we love them and we're, we're all animal lovers in our office. In fact, we don't even take, you know, animal cruelty cases. Um, Texas law says that pets are property. So your damage model is going to be based on, you know, what the value of the dog is and right. not, not the emotional value. Right. So yeah. if you got your dog at the pound and you paid 80 bucks. <laughs> The law is going to say that's that's what your damages are, mm -hmm. and that's a difficult part. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's a really unfortunate story, but I Sucks. don't think that you would be able to recover um, from that vet. But I am very sorry. Right. I have a question too. So when it comes to the treatment of the seizures, what was their reasoning for not wanting to give him the phenobarbital? Um, he basically said because it was a long-term treatment, and you know he didn't want to start her on it, and then. You know, for whatever reason, I wasn't able to afford the medication or just not give it to her anymore. But, I mean, we were willing to do that, I mean, for her.
just for, for for future reference for yourself, um, obviously my my dog is uh, very very sick. He has collapsed trachea. He also suffers from seizures too. Um, and I've taken him to several doctors, and all of them have been willing to put him on phenobarbital. So that's one of those situations where I feel like they could have put your dog on that medication um so i don't really understand why they wouldn't have i'm the one who actually doesn't let my dog be on phenobarbital just because uh, i don't want the liver damage but um yeah uh, that's that's a little strange for me i would say uh next time yeah get get another opinion because there are doctors out there that would have absolutely prescribed that for your dog my dog only gets one seizure every six months to a year and they wanted him on that medication Uh, so i can't even imagine three a week them not putting her on that medication and lisa does right lisa Lisa does bring up a really good point and this this applies in animals and humans sometimes the treatment for an ailment is far worse than the ailment itself. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know that phenobarbital yeah. in high doses can kill your dog. Yeah. Uh, it, it can cause horrible liver and kidney damage um, and and be worse than than what the you know the the ailment that the that the animal's going through. So Right. And I guess there's no like absolute guarantee that that would have actually even helped her at all. Exactly. Um, Seeing as how like, you know, she was already having three a week, but I guess I'm just really upset at the fact that we didn't even get to try. No, I I understand that. That makes sense. Yeah. I understand that. But I I appreciate your um, input and it's, it's good insight. Anytime. You. And like I said, I, you know, pit bulls, I've, I've owned five pit bulls in my life. And um, unless you've ever been around them, you don't really know what kind of loyal, goofy dogs yeah. they really yeah. can be. <laughs> um, I have, we have three right now. And then we have a, a lab who's one who weighs a hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> like we got, we got dog coming out of our dog at our house. So um, but anyway, I hope you have a good day and, and uh, thank you. sorry for your loss. Sorry for your loss. Sorry, yes. Thank yes, you for calling, thank Brittany. You. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I think you make the point owning pit bulls is that I think they get a common misconception because of, you know, the the reputation that right. they have. It comes down to the owner, man. Oh, dude. I, I tried I know, to explain that to people a thousand I, times. I've known little dogs that are like the meanest dogs you've ever seen, but a little dog's not going to rip your hand off if it bites you. No, the pit bull just has the ability to do it, but I if mean, you've treated it properly, the, it's not going to do that. Right. Pit bulls were bred to hunt hogs. I mean, they're, they were bred to hunt wild boar. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Hunt a wild boar? With a, a Yorkie, yeah. I, mean, come on, <laughs> I have a Yorkie. I think that might be able to want to take I'm that challenge. You, he ain't gonna win. Dogs. Yeah, yeah, but I think that he would uh, want to take that challenge. Uh, up next, we have Daniel. Daniel, is this the same Daniel that's in the chat asking this question about Texas Law Shield? Yes. Yeah, so, hey, right, so go ahead, fire away there, Daniel. Ask a question. So I'm a member of Texas Law Shield, also U.S. Law Shield, and when I signed up, I was told that uh, Underwood and Wyatt and Underwood were the backing lawyers for that. Is that so? I am. I'm one of the staff attorneys. Uh, it's myself, Jim Darnell, and Jeep Darnell uh, for for El, the El Paso region. Yes, sir. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sure they told you, typically we do workshops, you know, like once a month where we get together with members and do a Q&A and scenario situations and stuff like that. Uh, but obviously because of COVID, we haven't been able to do that at all. Uh, I think our last one was in February. Um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm uh, one of the the staff attorneys for Texas Law Shield here in El Paso. Definitely, that's all I had. That was uh, good to know. Yeah, you're the man. If you need me, just shoot me an email, man. All right, thank you. You got it. All right, thank you, Daniel. 
Uh, so do quick description of Texas Law Shield. Sure. So Texas Law Shield, Wyatt Underwood is not Texas Law Shield. I am, I am a, an attorney. I'm a staff attorney for an entity called Texas Law Shield. Um, and basically what it is is it's prepaid legal. But it's not just typical prepaid legal. It's prepaid legal. 90% of it is for people who own firearms uh, in case you ever have to use your firearm in self-defense. But it also does cover... Um, if you if you have to use a you know a bat or mace in self defense, if if it's anything that Texas Law Shield justifies as in self defense, defense of a third party or defense of your property, they will pay. Basically, they will pay me to represent you, and you don't have to pay. I, I mean, for example, you get charged with a, a secondary felony, aggravated assault. I mean, that's serious business, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have to. I use the example. You're, you know, you're walking to your your car at the fountains, right? You know, you're leaving whatever restaurant, or you're going to, in the garage, and someone's carjacking you, uh, you know, and you pull your handgun out. You don't shoot them, but you back them off with your handgun. Mm-hmm. Well, that person's going to turn around and call the cops and be like, "Oh, Brandon from KLQ threatened me with his handgun." <laughs> yeah, you know, they're going to come and investigate you, right? Mm-hmm. They could charge you with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. What Texas Law Shield does is says, you know what, if if it's in if it's for self defense or if it's defense of a third party, uh, you know, I'm defending you or Elena's defending me or someone's trying to break in our house and we have to use deadly force or force of any kind to defend ourselves or our property, Texas Law Shield will pay for it, and it's like. 10, 15 bucks a month. And yeah, you come shabby. hire a good lawyer, um, something like that, where your life is on the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, it's going to cost you 25, 30, 40 grand, you know? So the 10, 15 dollars a month, definitely worth My it. My grandfather used to have a saying, and it's very true it's better to have something and not need it than need something and not have it. Yeah, it's like a gun and a condom. Uh, okay, <laughs> we got one more. Uh, let's get to one more call in this segment. Are you able to stick around for another segment? Yeah, Are you sure, guys absolutely. able to stick around? Okay, so let's. Um, uh, Get to Destiny here really quick, because we've got to take a quick break. Uh, Destiny has a problem with her apartment complex and some damage. Good morning, Destiny. Hey, Destiny. Hi, good morning. All right, so what's the deal? What happened? Um, you apparently got some damage on your property from your complex? Well, okay, so I think it was at the end of June. Um, I I was at work, but my husband was home, and he basically called me that there was, like, smoke coming out of the light fixtures of our apartment. So I guess he went outside. He couldn't really see anything. The upstairs neighbors were also outside trying to figure out what what was going on. And I guess they called the manager of the apartment complex, and they said, oh, don't worry. It's just because they're welding. Like, it'll go away. And it started getting worse. Smoke was coming out worse. And um, so they called again, and they were like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and call 911 because, I mean, there's a lot of smoke in my apartment, and we don't understand what's going on. And they're like, no, it's going to go away. Don't call the cops. Anyways, they ended up calling the fire department anyways. And um, I guess somebody that was welding the apartment stairs, their metal stairs, um, somehow they caught something on fire. So the floors between the two apartments, the tops and the bottom, there was four of us. Um, it caught fire, so that's why there was a whole bunch of smoke in the apartment. The top two apartments didn't really have damage other than smoke, but I was on the bottom and my neighbor's right across from me, and our two walls basically, like, burned down. It wasn't completely, but, I mean, I could see them from my side of the apartment, you know, through our dining room. Wow. The dining room. So... They had us leave the apartment. They um, put us in a hotel. I didn't end up staying in the hotel because it was very, like, it, it wasn't a They very went nice cheap. One, you know? Yeah. 
So um, like the no tell motel. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyways, um, like the when I went back into the apartment once they had fixed everything, the smoke alarms. I went ahead and checked them because they never went off the whole time that there was smoke in the apartment. So I checked the the alarms, and to me, it didn't look like they were connected. And so I went ahead and let the apartment know. They sent him the maintenance man, and when he checked him, he was like, oh, they weren't even connected. They weren't connected right. They, you know, they weren't working at all, mine or the apartment across from me. Well, thank God you guys are okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, normally yeah, normally so when you've got smoke coming in your apartment, you bang on the wall and tell your neighbors to take it easy on the lawn. But... <laughs> okay, <laughs> Destiny, hold on one second here, because uh, we do got to take a break. So if you can stay on hold, uh, we'll get the answer um, from White Underwood Trial Lawyers here on uh, this incident that you had at your apartment. Can you hold for us there, Destiny? All right, I'm going to put you on hold again. The phone number, 844-305-6210. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. So I'm an idiot. I hung up on Destiny. I went, Sorry, Destiny. I went to oh, no. press the hold button, and then I hit the, the drop button. But we got the gist of the story, sure. is that there was some damage to the apartment, and Justin has an answer. So Yeah, so Destiny, if you're listening... The, the apartment complex is 100% responsible for all property damage. 100% responsible. Um, damages for you guys, obviously, if they damaged any of your personal property, they're going to be responsible for that. Like if it damaged a bed or furniture sure, or yeah. you know something like that. Or if your clothes smell like smoke. I mean, you take them to the dry cleaner and see, you know... It, it, that's de minimis type stuff. But mm-hmm. They 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 are responsible for that. Um, if nobody was injured, if nobody was hurt, the damages on that type of case are going to be minimal. It's going to be uh, basically uh, a kind of like a nuisance, right, Elena? Like you know, nuisance nuisance type. Yeah, nuisance value. I mean, which, if if that, which is minimal. Um, the fact that they're what I, I wish I knew what time of day that they were welding too, because if it was like. Two o'clock in the afternoon, it's one thing. If it's you know ten o'clock at night, that's mm-hmm. a whole nother matter. But um, I'm just glad that everybody's okay. That um, you know, at least you've got you know flow through air between you and your neighbor now that you guys can uh, talk to each other. And <laughs> you get to become best friends. If they've got cable, you can you know hook up a, a line and, and run it over to your place. Uh, so we had a, a comment in the Facebook chat or a question. I want to get to it really quick because it had to do with a neighbor's fence. And somebody was asking if they can stop a neighbor's fence from being built until they get a land assessment. Right. And that's a good question. Right. So, I mean, typically, whenever you want to stop somebody from doing something, you're going to get what's called a temporary restraining order. And that temporary restraining order is meant to prevent any harm that you have to prove to the court will be irreparable. Um, and so typically, obviously, I know that you want to get a survey on your house. Uh, typically, surveys are going to be on file with uh, CAD or with the city. So if you're willing to spend the money on a civil attorney who's going to file suit and ask a judge to get you a temporary restraining order, um, then, yeah, I think it would be definitely possible to uh, halt or at least pause the building of that fence. It just depends on whether you're willing to go to that extent. Like, how important is it to you that this fence is being built? Right. Well, the other thing is, if if they are building on your property, Texas is very, very protective of property owners in this state. So if you've got a legitimate concern, or if you've got a prior survey or or something of your your property that it brings Which would have been done when you bought it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it brings it into question that that they are building on your property, I don't think that a judge... I, I think you probably have a good shot at a judge 
signing a, a you know a, a restraining order, even if it's temporary, so that you guys could get surveyors out and go, hey, this okay, so this really is his land. This, mm-hmm. this really is is you this know. land is your land. Uh-huh. This land is my land. Don't build that fence here. Please put it over there. Kind Please, of like that. yeah, okay, absolutely. Yeah. Somebody, absolutely. Somebody, uh, <laughs> Levi had just commented in the Facebook chat too. Yeah, Something we we uh, I, I just forgot about the fire alarms weren't hooked up in the apartment for Destiny. So what is there so, any recourse for that? That's a code issue. Now so. here's here's the here's the crappy part of that. Unless someone's hurt, yeah, it just not, doesn't mean anything. Doesn't, right, doesn't matter. I know that that sounds horrible, but a lot of times the law is horrible. In, in that instance, there's you know no harm, no foul. Mm-hmm. Well, um, other than code compliance, which, you know, they come by our building, make sure that our fire alarms work and that the lights work. And, right. you know, if they don't, they usually give you time to fix it. They'll come back and check on it. And otherwise, the worst that's going to happen is you're going to get a ticket. You get a ticket. Well, right. If you call us, we'll take care of There you go. Uh, Al, Al is saying, uh, he was the one with the question about the fence. He says that they can't find a survey because the house was built in 1945. Okay, so you definitely need to get and somebody to, to go out there and get a new yeah, survey you're done have ASAP. To do a survey. Okay. But if if there if the if there's no survey and the property is that old, I I, I still think that I, I me personally in that instance, just if to you, get if something temporary yeah, to if, say if you allow time to get this to be done. Al, if you're that concerned about it, if if, if it's a legit concern that they might be building on your property. What's it going to hurt? If you do nothing, you're basically where you are right now. But if if it's a legit concern, man, do it. Mm-hmm. Like follow through with it. All right. So uh, we've got uh, Mateo on the line who uh, lives in New Mexico and has a question about being here in Texas. Good morning, Mateo. Hey, Mateo. Hi. How are you? Good, buddy. How are you, man? I'm okay. Hey, so in 2004, I got my fourth DWI in New Mexico. Okay. Felony. Yep. So no trouble since then. Now I am actually working at a custom firearms dealer in Texas. Am I legal to do that? Has anyone told you you're not legal to do it? No. Okay, so here's working somewhere and possessing your own personal firearm are totally different things that's that's the first thing that that i would think of now in 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 texas in in you you said your last dwi in new mexico was 2004 yeah okay so real real quick in texas you're not able to possess a firearm if you until five years have gone by from the end of any sentence you get on on a felony right like if you get a deferred probation or something in texas on a felony you have to wait and, and let's say you ended January 1st of 2015, right? Well, you have to wait till January 1st or January 2nd of 2020 before you can legally uh, possess a firearm. The rules for you working at a, because you're not, while you are literally in possession of firearms, that is a, you're man, you guys are manufacturing them, right? Yeah. Yeah. That and customizing yours. Ah, okay. Uh, A little bit different. Yeah. So, well, I mean, here's the thing. Customizing, what are you talking about? Putting like brakes on them and and blue in the steel and stuff like that, or what? Uh, well, yeah, we're we're stippling frames. Gotcha. We're biting, we're we're fluting barrels. Yeah, we're... I I think all of that. I think you're legal with all of that, man, because you're actually working. 
gunsmith is a trade. It is, it is, you know, it's big business in the United States, obviously. But that is, uh, and I'll tell you what, gunsmithing is, if, if, if nobody's ever been around it, it's actually really cool to watch these guys do what they can do with these, these hard, small pieces of metal. And, and you know, if, if you've got that skill, I, I don't think you're, Mateo, I, I think you're, you're in good shape, man. Okay. Yeah, that, that's a really good question and a legit concern. But I just, I mean, it's been 16 years since, you know, that case. How long have you worked yeah. for, the, for the, the gun place? Well, it's actually a family-owned business, and I've been there for about five years. I, I think you're okay. You guys custom-build rifles? Yes, yes. You should shoot me your email. I will. <laughs> You can find him at WyattUnderwoodTrialLawyers.com. If you shoot me an email, uh, just reference on there. I, I just uh, am curious. You not only found out you're good to go, uh, Mateo, but you might have found some business today. All right. Thank you, buddy. All, All right, right, man. Have a good one, buddy. Take it easy. All right. Uh, let's get to one more here. Maybe two, depending on how quickly we can get through this. Uh, we have Rick on the line. He has a question about prorated rent. Rick, good morning. Good morning. Love your show. So um, we were given our 30 days notice to vacate uh, the month of July into August, but we already had August prepaid because we pay everything through an app. Sure. So when, when we were getting ready to, to vacate, we cleaned that whole house. I mean, we totally cleaned it for like a whole week, and we were trying to get as much as our pro rate back because we had already found another house, and that pro rate was going to go towards the payment of the new house. So the, when, when we did our final walkthrough, you know, he did his, oh, well, you guys painted the living room and you guys painted the, the, the one of the guest bathrooms. And I said, well, yeah, but, I mean, it's brand-new paint and everything. We, we were just trying to do, like, you know, better. And he goes, oh, that's going to cost me a lot of money to paint all this back. And, and so he gives me all that. But anyways, we went through the whole walkthrough and everything, and that was, like, the majority of the thing that he found. So when I didn't want to sign off on it because I still had like two or three things in the garage that we were going to move out because I had rented a U-Haul. And he goes, well, no, I'm not going to take the keys because you have still stuff in the garage. I said, fine. So when we left, he calls me back and says, no, you know what? I'm going to need those keys back. I'm just going to hire a painter to paint the whole house. And I'm like, well, why are you going to paint the whole house if it's only the living room and the bathroom? He goes, well, those are my rights. I can do whatever, you know, because me as an owner. And I said, well, that's fine. I could go back this weekend and just repaint it back the same color we just want our money back he goes no 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 i just want the keys back so the next day i told him okay i'll meet you i'll give you the keys back so when i went the next day he was already inside the house doing another inspection of his own and then he starts coming out with oh the house smells bad you guys probably had a dog in here and that's going to cost more money and more money so all he kept doing was nitpicking a lot of stuff that we knew wasn't true so anyways my main concern was okay whatever you're going to do Fine, I understand that's what the deposit is for, but we need our prorated rate back so I can give it to the new owner. And then he goes, yeah, well, I'm going to send you something in the mail within three days. And I said, all right. And then I told him, well, I need a copy of the final you know, walkthrough. Well, I'm going to send you this in the mail also. So a couple of days go by, we're moving into the new house, and we're looking into getting that prorate back so we can give towards the new house. So when I called him, he goes, uh, no, me and my partners decided that we're not going to give you nothing back because we found more damages. And I'm like, what do you mean more damages? He goes, yeah, well, after I came back again, I noticed now there's a counter coming off or uh, one of the counters that's coming off the wall or whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute, you never mentioned none of that. I said, my only thing is we're stressing here because we want our prorated rent back. It clearly states it in the letter. He goes, no, I have up to 30 days to give you whatever I think I should give you back. 
So I just need to know what my rights are as far as getting that prorated rate back, and is he allowed to take that also? Welcome to the 2020 Texas State Bar Exam. <laughs> go, for, go for it, Elena. That's right. My, so, I mean, my, my initial gut reaction is if you paid the the rent for the month of August and you have the keys, that's your house for the month of August. Right. That's and my if, you, gut. if you yeah, and if you chose to move out earlier or not, depending on if you guys had an agreement, I mean, obviously that's that's all going to depend on what was in writing. Now, the Texas Property Code does um, address what a landlord has to do with respect to your security deposit and how long they have to send you notice of their intention to keep it um, and as to why. So if he did, in fact, uh, fail to do that, then you do have some remedies under the law. So I would suggest that you definitely reach out to us um, by phone or by email, and we can kind of dig into this a little bit further. Okay, but my only question is the prorated rent is what we want back. How much are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about 600 I will tell you that it's going to cost you more to pay a lawyer and go to court and file to fight over that. It'll probably cost you five times that. Is this one of those ones where it's just, you just kind of just deal if, with it? If you want to cut your nose off to spite your face, knock yourself out. No. But, I mean, honestly, <laughs> okay. you know, there are lots of lawyers who are going to be like, oh, absolutely, we'll do that, and blah, 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 blah. But, well, yeah, because they're going to make I mean, a ton of money ab- off of it. Absolutely, but in, at, the end, at the end of the day... You want to spend three thousand to save six hundred six hundred bucks back to prove your point? No, I understand. I just wanted to make sure if he was in the right as far as because I understand the deposit part. I just don't understand the prorated part. I mean, my whole thing is is to me the the first thing that you said to me is if you paid the rent for the month of August, that's your place till the end of the month. It's mm-hmm. not his place. It's your place. That's Texas renters' rights. You know, right? Yeah, but we wanted to move out before the thirty days and actually have a house without having to be in limbo and having to get an apartment because we didn't want an apartment. Then what I would have told you to do is go and approach him and pay what pay the prorated rent up front, not the entire month, because it's always easier to give money than it is to get money back. I understand, but er- everything was done through an app, that's why. And I w- and we're the kind that we always pay you know, ahead of time. Sure, so sure. Don't have to worry about it. But in this instance, so if you guys knew you were moving out, I would have picked up the phone and called the guy. I wouldn't have done it on the app. But you know. uh, no, I didn't. Like I said, the walkthrough was done in person and everything, and I talked to him in person. Right, but you, you, this is after you paid the rent, right? Yes, because I wasn't expecting to be 30 days, you guys got to get out. Oh, so it was like a shock? It was like a surprise thing? Yes. So I had already paid my rent, and then we got a letter in the mail, and in the letter in the mail it says your, your rent will be prorated to assist with your move out, or if you're interested in buying the property, then obviously that's discussable also. So when I told him, all right, well, how much, you know, we're interested in buying the property. And then he gave me an amount and I looked it up and it's like 20000 over the value of the house. And I told him, even in 30 days, the way things are right now, there's no way I'm going to make you an offer within 30 days. So isn't there a way we can like uh, do month to month until see if the the mortgage will go through? And say, oh, no, 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 no. If you can't make me an offer within that deadline, then, you know, the house is going to go for sale regardless. Yeah, I think shoot, shoot Elena an email, and I, I think maybe she can point you in the right direction. Okay. Thank you, can, you very much. 10-4, man. You can find them over at WyattUnderwoodTrialLawyers.com if you want to get a hold of them. And your phone number is? 915-485-9100. All right. Thanks for the call, bud. Right on. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, right. have a good one, man. 
All right. Well, thank you for coming in. It's always a blast here getting a lot of legal advice. We have uh, Justin Underwood and Elena Grassheim here from White Underwood Trial Lawyers. Again, if you guys have any questions, if you just reach out. Like, Absolutely. We do this here about once a month, sure. but somebody mm-hmm. could even, if they have a oh, question yeah, yeah. like this. You guys want a Facebook message? I mean, we, we get tons of Facebook messages um, from the show. I get emails from the show. You guys can call us at the office and say, hey, I, I heard you in the queue, and uh, and we do all that. I, I do want to say something. I know you're up against the break. I want to say something real quick. Have you guys ever seen the video of the little judge like in New Jersey? He's a municipal court judge, and I he is super sweet think to people. so. We have a guy like that here, and mm-hmm. I, I, they don't get a lot. He's a municipal judge. He doesn't get a lot of recognition. His name is Max Munoz, and I want to tell you something. I, I don't want to get into the details of, of what he's done that I have known about for, for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. We're, we as a community in El Paso are lucky to have Max Munoz. He is one of the sweetest, kindest, compassionate people to sit on a bench in this community. And if you if you get the chance to vote and if you get a chance to, to, to recognize someone, Judge Max Munoz is one hell of an El Pasoan. So. I don't want, like I said, I don't want to get into what he said because I don't want to embarrass anybody. He's such a good guy. Well, it's good to hear. It's, it, you like to hear the good sides of the uh, the he legal issues. He reminds me a lot of that that little judge that it, it's always on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. Yeah, you see people sharing those things quite frequently with that Absolutely. guy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if you get a speeding ticket, uh, white under a trial or yes. care for you. Right, too. Brandon? <laughs> also, please yes. be patient with our teachers. Yes, for we the love of God, our teachers and our administrators. It's they're it, working on the weekends and the nights, and we're all in this together, and it's a disaster. Yeah. And it's hard to have our kids sitting in front of a screen for 12 hours a day. Just please be patient. We're all in this together. Yeah, everybody just everybody needs to sacrifice at this point, I Agreed. think is the easiest thing to say. So, again, thank you guys for coming in. each other. Wyatt Underwood.TrialLawyers.com yep. is the website. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Did we just witness Dave getting kidnapped? Is that what that was? No, I, I just talked to Trish from Kiss, and she said he's waiting for an Uber. So, okay. Gotcha. I was so scared. I was like, he willingly got in that car. (laughs) I was like, did we just watch Daver get kidnapped? Even his own kidnapping goes very smoothly. (laughs) (laughs) And very pre-planned. Yeah, he was out there. But he was waiting. It it looks like he was going to walk into traffic. And that's why I got scared. I'm like, is Daver okay? Did he get some bad medical news? Like, what's going on right now? Yeah, he's hanging right on the edge of the driveway out there. Oh my, okay, yeah. The, she said the vehicle, the station vehicle is getting service, so he's waiting for an Uber to take oh, him to the dealership. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm sitting over in this studio, and I see Lisa up against <laughs> the window that faces the front of our building, like those old commercials of the lady who's waiting for like JCPenney to open, and she's just going, open, open, open. Lisa looks like that, because Daver's just hovering around the... Uh, the front of the driveway there, so I was worried because I thought he was going to try and cross the road. I'm like, Daver, you are it looked like you that. are not a chicken, and you will not make it to the other side. Like I know this. It mm-hmm. looked like he was ready to roll, man. All right, we still have a lot to get to here today. Thank you to Justin Underwood and Elena Grassheim for coming in, answering our legal questions. Uh, as always, if you do have any questions for them, you can always hit them up. Uh, their website is whiteunderwoodtriallawyers.com. You can find them over on Facebook. Uh, send them a message. They're just phenomenal people over there. I quite frankly don't know what I would do without them because I have needed uh, some, we'll say some legal advice. Mm-hmm. Speeding ticket being one of them. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, Justin just texted me. He goes, I thought that was an estranged elderly man. I was going to ask if he needed assistance. <laughs> no. No, he's that's, just our estranged elderly our man. Elderly that's man. just our Daver. That's our engineer. <laughs> also, Justin comes in and he's all like, you guys got to get those beaver nuggets. And Lisa and I are like, I don't think Brandon's going to share. So, Brandon. Oh, hell yeah, I'm going to share. Okay. And then Elena's just sitting back there, like, looking up, and I'm like, you look really excited about this. She's like, no, I'm I, the, I'm working. I am busy. He, on the other hand, is enjoying vacation <laughs> over here. <laughs> well, and, and both of them, too, when we, the second we would get into commercials, they're immediately on their phones. And so Elena is dealing with work. Justin's wife is messaging him that he's not allowed... <laughs> To buy the custom gun or get one of his guns custom. <laughs> all, no. So it looks like they're both hard at work, but Justin's over here trying to finagle a, a, an option of getting some uh, custom work done to one of his guns. <laughs> Lots of entertainment stuff to get to. We're going to have to break and split this up, mm-hmm. but we have a whole kind of mishmash of things. But Joanna Barbacoa has our uh, Hollywood update. So what are we looking at for today, Joanna? Patriot Act with Hassan Minhaj has come to an end over at Netflix. Minhaj broke the news on Twitter. We riot! And now we riot. Yeah, Patriot Act premiered on the streaming service on October of 2018 and released 39 episodes and turned it into six seasons. Uh, What turned out to be the show's final episode was released in June. In 2019, the comedy talk series found itself at the center of controversy when Netflix removed an episode from streaming in Saudi Arabia after officials from the kingdom complained. It was critical of Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salam and his alleged role in the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Um, Minhaj was later critical of Netflix over the move to remove that episode. That same year, the series won a Peabody Award and an Emmy for Outstanding Motion Design. I'm just, I am baffled. Uh, well, I'm not surprised, but I'm still very disappointed in Netflix for getting rid of this show. I mean, it hit it, that two-year mark, mm-hmm. which Netflix always cancels always. stuff. But this was a great show. It was, and it also could have, if you they want to blame like the pandemic on it, this was a show that could have been done mm-hmm. socially distanced. And he was doing it. He was doing it from his house in his mm-hmm. basement. He even said that, and it is, because it's basically a stand-up show. It's a stand-up comedy show of him, but except for he's giving you really good information in a way that is, uh, you know, palpable for a lot of people to understand. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hart is speaking out about his decision to publicly defend his friends Ellen DeGeneres and Nick Cannon as they deal with separate scandals. In a new interview with The Deadline, the comedian doubles down on his defense as well as his distaste for cancel culture. Hart's dealt with his own dose of cancel culture, stepping down from hosting the Oscars in 2018 after old homophobic tweets resurface, so he knows how dark and lonely it can get. Hmm. Hart's take is that despite the accusations against his friends, he knows what kind of people they really are but he also wonders what happened to the days of making and learning from a mistake that's a good point being made and that's one of the things that is a complete misfire when it comes to cancel culture is the fact that you made a mistake and quite often it's well you made a mistake years ago and that was one of the things with kevin hart is when the, the tweets had resurfaced it was all of a sudden oh well you know now we need to cancel kevin hart Human beings need to be allowed to make mistakes. If that's not the core of who you are, you shouldn't be treated as such. Now, if it is, if you are racist or if you are homophobic or if you're just a, you know, a horrible person deep down, you should be treated accordingly. If you made a mistake, 
you should be allowed to bounce back from that mistake. If it looks like you're not learning from that mistake, then yeah, cancel all all the way. Yeah, I mean, if you're making continual mistakes, then it's a completely different issue. By the way, Kevin Hart's going to be in a list that I have coming up here of celebrities who auditioned for Saturday Night Live but did not make it. Mm. He apparently auditioned. Um, oh. He did an, imp- uh, an impression of former NBA star Avery Johnson during his audition, but Lauren Michaels didn't know who Avery was. So he did not make it. But there's pretty big names on this list. There's always that story of the people who audition who say, Lauren Michaels is like stone. Like, yeah. If you can get him to laugh, you're in. But a lot of times, like, it's funny, but Lauren isn't laughing. That's the thing, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I think Will Ferrell has talked about this. Um, and multiple uh, people who even made the show, they were like, he yeah. doesn't, it's, it's awkward because they don't react. And I think I, th- I heard it from Jimmy Fallon for when he auditioned. He's like, Lauren didn't laugh. So he thought he blew it. Is that why he laughs at all of his own stuff now? <laughs> yeah. Like if Lauren's not going to laugh at me, I will. It's on me, baby. <laughs> all right. Let's put let's put a pin in entertainment news here uh, really quick so we can come back and, and get everything in here. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I'm not sure how I can be expected to do a show when there's beaver nuggets in the room. Yo, these are good. I have like somehow, kettle corn. I've somehow never had them, and I love Bucky's. I think it's because I, I focus on the jerky and the fudge. Mm-hmm. Got to expand my horizons a little bit when I get out there. I got to make sure I get the beaver nuggets in with that uh, the fudge and the beef jerky because it is delicious. Thank you, Justin, these for dropping delightful. that on by, buddy. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get jump back into the entertainment news. What else do we have uh, on the entertainment front, Joanna? I'm sorry, I had a beaver nugget in my mouth. <laughs> Understandable. I understand. Well, Dane Cook is gearing up for a star-studded virtual table read. It's the beaver nugget. The actor and stand-up comic shared on ET that he's bringing together Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, as well as an A-list lineup, for a special table read of the comedy classic Fast Times at Ridgemont High. This would be the first time Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston kind of are together in a scene. In how long? 19 years. 19 years. I mean, it was that episode of Friends, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the episode of Friends. It was the last time they were on when screen. When he played the kid that used to be fat, and then he comes over for Thanksgiving dinner, and he and Ross started the I Hate Rachel Green fan club. Oh, okay. I I've never seen Complex that. carbohydrates and Rachel Green, my two worst enemies. <laughs> oh. The event will also feature Jimmy Kimmel, Matthew McConaughey, Julia Roberts, Shia LaBeouf, Morgan Freeman, and Harry Golding, among others. Uh, According to Cook, while everyone was on board to help, it still wasn't easy to coordinate everyone's schedule for the event. But it looks like everyone's on board from... Everybody's in quarantine. What the hell are they doing? It should have been easy to schedule everybody. (laughs) Right. Well, one original member of the Fast Times cast will be returning for the table read, Sean Penn. But he will not, not as be Spicoli. coming back as Spicoli. No. So, everybody, start. Who do you think will be playing Spicoli? Matthew McConaughey. I think since he's attached to it, I yeah. could see him playing. Although, I, Morgan Freeman, I think would be a hilarious Spicoli. Or Shia LaBeouf. I want to say Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, that's a good one. Because that dude is so out there. And such a really good actor that I feel like he could totally channel it in. We started watching Peanut Butter... Falcon. Falcon, yes. And we got about halfway through it. I, really good movie. He's He is a phenomenal actor, man. He is man. great. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, with entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barber. All right, so we're going to get to rock news here in just a couple of minutes. I do have this list of people who auditioned for Saturday Night Live, but they did not make the cut. We had already mentioned Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. Mindy Kaling also auditioned. And this was while she was doing The Office. That's kind of weird that she didn't make the cut. She ended up turning it down because she was only offered a writing gig, not an on-screen role. I think what she said is she did write for about a week. But then she, I think they kind of told her, like, well, you're not going to be on it. Mm-hmm. So she kind of just was like, well, yeah, I'm going back go to... Go do the office. She already was doing the office. Go so. go be Kelly Kapoor. Aubrey Plaza, she interned for Saturday Night Live back in 2005, and she did audition in 2008, but didn't get it. And then Parks and Rec was 09, wasn't it? I think it was 09. So that I'd say that was a pretty nice leap there. Mm-hmm. Skipping right over Saturday Night Live to Parks and Rec. Jim Carrey, he auditioned. Didn't get it. Of course, he ended up going on to do In Living Color and was brilliant in In Living Color. Now, apparently while he was auditioning, the building was surrounded by news crews because someone was in in the midst of a suicide attempt on the roof. He's like, I'm going to work it into my act. Uh, Gina Davis, of all people, she auditioned back in 1984 and what is being said of her audition, it was, quote, quite awkward and uncomfortable for everyone involved. <laughs> so would she have auditioned? Hmm. I'm trying to think of what she would have been in back in 1984. 84. Selma, when did Selma? No, nah, that, that would have been later oh, than that. Significantly it later. It looks like. The big ones that I would know her from, like League of Her Own, Beetlejuice, were till later. Yeah, like early nineties. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, the biggest thing she was in was a divorce in nineteen eighty four that I can see. Other than that, Steve Carell, he auditioned, and Lauren Michaels. See, now this is this is where Lauren Michaels could very easily just kind of be like, oh, like I thought he was good. What he said was. Lorne Michaels of Steve Carell, he was a brilliant performer, but knew that on some level it wasn't going to work. Remember, Steve Carell used to be on The Daily Show mm-hmm. with Stephen Colbert. And man, they did a bit, I think it was called Even Steven. And they would pick a point, and they would, and, and one of them would just say, or it, it might have been John Stewart would say this point. And one would argue one side, and one would argue the other side. And ultimately it just resulted in them both yelling yes or no back at each other Uh over and over and over again. It was really simple. It was really stupid. But between the two of them, it was hilarious. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge, she auditioned in 1995. Who the hell's Jennifer Coolidge? Stifler's mom. Oh, I don't think I ever really knew her name. (laughs) Stephen Colbert, again, he impressed a producer and got a callback alongside Mm -hmm. Tracy Morgan. Tracy made it. Stephen did not. Lisa Kudrow, she auditioned back in 1991. She didn't get it. Julia Sweeney got the spot instead. Adam Devine of Workaholics, he auditioned before Workaholics had come out. Obviously, he didn't get it. Donald Glover auditioned twice. (gasps) He teasingly mentioned this during his monologue when he hosted back in 2018. Here's an interesting one. Jordan Peele. 
He tried out for Saturday Night Live, and he was a contender to play Barack Obama in 2008. And he was offered a spot, but he had to turn it down because he was already on Mad TV, and they wouldn't let him out of his contract. Oh. He was locked in. John Mulaney, he auditioned to be a performer, but he was turned down. Uh, later, he was offered a writing position. He went on to be a writer and a producer for the show for five years. If you remember John Mulaney, he was the one that would write the, the Stefan bits mm-hmm. with Bill Hader. And that's still one of my favorite Saturday Night Live stories, where if you see Bill Hader performing as Stefan and you see him breaking character... It was because John Mulaney would change the lines. They would write it together, <laughs> and then just before it, and Mulaney says that he would give him a heads up too. Sometimes just be like, "Hey, you know, when you get to this, you know, expect something." Or like sometimes he would do that, but then there's other times where he's reading it completely fresh with no idea what was going to pop up during the Stefan bit. Mm-hmm. And there was even a point where Mulaney came out as his lawyer, as Stefan's lawyer on Weekend Update, and. Mulaney threw a curveball to Bill Hader because he was expecting him, because you know how Stefan spoke. Mm-hmm. Bill Hader was expecting the character to come out that John Mulaney was doing like that, but he went, he just went very serious like this with a very deep, low-toned voice, mm-hmm. and it took Bill Hader off guard. He just he immediately lost it right there. Uh, Nick Kroll auditioned for Saturday Night Live. He auditioned alongside Mulaney, Jordan Peele, and Ellie Kemper. We're familiar with Ellie Kemper. Oh, she played yeah, I like her. The um, receptionist after Pam on The Office, and she was also in, was it The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Yes. None of them made it, though. Obviously, Jordan Peele, we found out that he was offered a spot. Uh, And then Jennifer Aniston, another Friends cast member here. The actual story behind whether Jen was rejected from Saturday Night Live or turned it down is unclear, but she did audition. Adam Sandler has claimed that she was offered a spot, but she turned it down for Friends. I would say that's a, probably a pretty good choice if that's what yeah, you did. Good move. Yeah. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. A big thank you to Justin Underwood and Alina Grassheim for coming in today from White Underwood Trial Lawyers. Fielding questions about, well, just, it's guidance in regard, because sometimes you're, you don't know maybe if you have a case on something. And it's good to get those questions answered every now and then. And he dropped off some beaver nuggets. There's more in here if you ladies want it. Better hurry up, so I might eat it all. Delicious. I already have to run an extra mile today to burn off what I've eaten. Just saying. Before we wrap things up here, um, I did have an Am I the A-Hole that I wanted to run by you really quick. Okay. And the title is, Am I the A-Hole for naming my daughter the name I chose years ago? Hmm. Gut reactions. What do you think? I mean, no. No. Yeah, right? I think that's pretty much how everybody would. But, of course, if you're asking, am I the a-hole, then you're assuming that there's more to there's this. There's probably something more to it. So it says here, I had my daughter a week ago. I had chosen her name a long while ago because it had a very personal meaning to me. Before I was pregnant, my sister and I had been talking about what we'd like to name our kids. And I told her the girl name I, wa- I really wanted to use. She complimented me on it, and then we didn't talk about it again. She gave birth to my niece five months ago, and guess what name she used? That's right, the name I had chosen so long ago. Uh-oh. I didn't care, was a little annoyed by it, but I wasn't going to let it stop me from using the name. Okay. Now she's annoyed I used the name too. <laughs> 
She told me it was weird that I would use it and that the cousins have the first, the same first, middle, and last name. So not just the first name. All three names. All three of <laughs> them. I told her I wasn't going to change the name I had wanted for a long time that had a deep meaning for me just because she decided to use it after I told her the name. Yeah. She said as the first one to have a baby, she got dibs. (laughs) Oh, no. I pushed it out first. It's mine. I told her to get over it, and it was a name anyone could use. So she's asking, is she the a-hole? And she says here, I don't think that she is an a-hole, by the way. Oh, okay. I think she's entitled to use the name, but she's kind of being a holeish herself when she knows how I felt about the name. Like, that's big time on the sister. Okay. Like how you steal a name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think and that she says a lot about the person who's writing that the fact they're like, I'm not mad about it, but I'm still going to use it myself. Like, that's impressive. Like, I would be mad about it. I'd be pretty pissed. Yeah. Yeah, I told you about this. You obviously stole it from me. Yeah. Well, she added some edits here down on the bottom that says um, she her husband took her name when they got married. Okay. And her sister is a single mom, hence the same last name. So she kept her name through the marriage, okay. and her sister is a single mom, so her, her sister has the same last name as well. They live two hours from each other. And she says, the first name was my best friend's name. She died when we were 14, and I always planned to name a daughter after her to honor her. So it is very special. The middle name holds important significance due to a trauma I suffered and the healing it brought in a situation. It's a weird story, I will admit, and I shared more detail in reply to someone, but I'm not in the mental state to write it out again. This discussion was three-ish years ago. It was the full name I mentioned, and she is spell oh, and the see. sister is spelling the middle name slightly different. Girl, get your own name. Yeah. Although I will say, my mom says that when I was born, a lot of people in uh, my grandma's neighborhood in Juarez really liked my name. So there's about three Joannas in Juarez right now with really? my my first and middle name. Dang. But I am the original. You are the OG. So. The OJ, if you will. <laughs> I was named after a felon, so I don't know how she's doing in her life, but I hope she's doing well. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think I was really named for anything. No, my dad saw my name on the list because he was the director of a juvenile hall. So he saw it on the intake list and he thought it was pretty. So what a beautiful <laughs> name for a felon. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, that's my daughter's name. So every time I got arrested in high school, I was like, you did this to me. You Fa- yeah. gave this to me as a name. Fast forward to Lisa in high school and dad taking the door oh off God. of her bedroom. Yeah. And flipping it so that he just had to push it open. That's I'm like, so you great. did this. You did this to me. That was a great story. I hope, I hope, I hope Lisa's doing well out there, whatever she's doing. <laughs> I wish he would have gotten her last name. I'd like to check up on her. Make sure everything's going good. Yeah, see, I mean, because she only was in jail in juvenile hall. I mean, we don't know if she went to, like... She could have turned it around. Yeah, she could have turned it around. She could have got her life to be back together. She could be a doctor right now. We don't know. But shout out, That sounds like one of those, like, travel movies where Lisa's going on a vacation and something happens. It's like a planes, trains, and automobiles kind of a situation where she's just trying to get somewhere. Yeah. And she runs into another Lisa. Come to find out. It's the Lisa that she yeah. was named after. Hey, girl. Hope you're doing well. 
Hope you're not in jail. And if you are, I hope you're at least running the place. So there you go. <laughs> Most of the people are saying here, yeah, you're not the a-hole, by the way. To the lady for using the name. I wouldn't say she is. Not at all. I wouldn't either. Nope. Girl, you already knew. Mm-hmm. I would say the sister is. Yeah. Like, what are you doing using the name? When you knew, that's what I was going to use. Yeah. The sister was like, look, I'm having this baby first. It's mine. That seems so petty. It's copy and paste right there. <laughs> so, yeah, all in agreement. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm flipping through here trying to see if oh, anybody you're, here... You're for more information. Well, no, there's... Um, I mean, it looks like the vast majority of people on the Reddit thread are saying, yeah, you're not the a-hole. A lot of them are saying your sister is. Yeah. Yeah. Just here, as we as we wrap up the show today, here's just a piece of advice. <laughs> Don't steal somebody else's name, especially if it's a family member. If you have, but first of all, this is, I know people who won't say the name that they're planning for their kids for know, fear of this. Yeah. I know some people like that too. I haven't ever, again, I don't think I was ever named for anything. Man, but Brandon was a popular name when I was being born. And I think I've said this on the air. When I was playing soccer, there was at least four Brandons on the field at all times. (laughs) So you would hear one of the coaches yell out Brandon, and you got four kids looking over, not knowing what's going on. It was a really popular name that year. My parents were a little upset. They didn't name me Patrick. For some reason, it didn't click in their brains when I was born on St. Patrick's Day. Ah, I see that. I see it. (laughs) That would have been cool. And then that was after the fact. And my sister... My aunt wanted to name polyester. Like the fabric? Yes. So her name would have been Polyester Coats. <laughs> I still don't know if she was joking. I hope not. But that was legitimately a thing. All right, on that note, we're going to wrap up the show today. Uh, a lot of stuff for tomorrow. We have... Um, Good Lord, what other things do we have? We have some five-finger death punch questions that we're going to be able to play on the nice. air um, that uh, we haven't been able to play yet, but we're going to kind of break them down into some really deep questions and answers uh, that we'll be getting to on tomorrow's program on the Buzz Adams Morning Show. 